podcast. All right, episode two. Episode um, number two. Welcome back to the DJ Life podcast. As always, we have myself, DJ Rick Webb, and Eric Massingale. What we're talking about today? What are we talking about today? Uh, we said we were going to try and answer the, the 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 constant question of how do you find DJs and keep keep them. What what is the question? How do you how do you find good talent and how do you keep them on your staff? I guess is the question. Yeah, where do you find good DJs? Where do you to, find DJs in general? Yeah, well, yeah, everyone and their mom first off is a DJ. But well, yeah, everyone. Where do you find work, Where do you find working DJs that want to work for you? That's and, and want to do weddings in our case for the most part. We right. Do weddings. Yeah, we're talking about the event industry for the most part. So. Um, You've had more success than I have at this because I just started on this multi-op journey a year, year and a half ago now. I can't remember. 2019. So, yeah, a year and a half, year, a little year, over a year and a half ago. And I tried hiring my third DJ, which actually I, I was telling you prior to this that I've had two failures. It really wasn't two failures. The first guy, as you called him, Taco. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I liked him. <laughs> I liked him too. He didn't really. Um, we didn't. We didn't fire him or quit or anything. He joined the military, so right. That kind of just you can't. You you shift yeah. the. You basically just left in that case. The second one though, I had to fire, mm-hmm. and that was, was that, the, uh, that was legal reasons. Right. Yeah. What happened he got, with that again? I don't. I don't even know if I want to say so much about it. On basically, he got. Um, he had an instance with his soon to be fiance in which involved legal charges and he got arrested for it so uh, yeah all right whatever um, some weird sketchy shit and yeah you had to get and rid of him you can't be doing that especially in our industry and that's abusive. weird because djs are so sketchy like honestly djs even if they're not sketchy are sketchy in their own way like conniving people like do you, you yeah. know what i mean like they really are like especially club djs oh club my, djs are oh my god 100%. yes yeah i mean i got a lot of buddies i don't know if any of my club buddies are gonna watch this but you y'all know y'all are sketchy period so that's why i'm comfortable saying that <laughs> you all you also notice that when you go to a dj convention mm-hmm. and you start hanging out with them and then they like start kind of like saying some of the stuff that they do and you're like wait you do that too yeah. and you're like oh wait you're a I be? oh we're yeah. djs that's right <laughs> i always i always call i'm like yeah you don't want djs they're the scum of the earth <laughs> as as i am a dj <laughs> as i'm a dj um, yeah it's it's very interesting but but uh, on, on that note um after those two and being the type of company I'm going for, I basically backed off trying to get a third DJ. And I'm just trying to work up the high-profile qualities of having two guys. And we have that third it's young just you. It's just you and... Uh, Marcellus. Marcellus. Yeah, so we're the, we're the main two. And I think a little bit of that, I went to one of Marcellus's events, and I was like, yeah, I need to start molding and getting us to the the caliper that i want us at before i worry about a third guy yet uh-huh yeah well that you know you can't expand too quick like mm-hmm. if 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 you can expand quickly then bravo but which is something you managed to do very quickly the, i we did expand quick but it wasn't too quick there's a difference you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's a fine line between too quick too quick will put you out of business well it, too quick equals you're gonna fuck everyone's shit up 
you can't do that. Yeah, you're you gonna know? get a lot of bad views and. Uh, yeah, yeah, you get you get trashed online. You'll ruin weddings. First off, uh, people consider weddings the most important day of their life, and you're kind of in it, charge of it. I mean, you know, I in mean, charge most of the people running only the show. get married once. Give or take, give or take, but yes. The number's going up a little say, bit lately. Let's just say yes. Uh, one or two or five, but, you know, not many times. And uh, and you're in charge of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can't send a, a someone not prepared to, to handle it, you know. It's a lot easier. Like, let's say you're doing just like... Uh, normal events. I'll say a prom, maybe like minus setup because that's kind of difficult. But like just DJing a prom, playing the music only. It's, it's pretty simple. Pressure, pressure-wise, is not shit compared to a wedding. You know, I'm not saying it's less difficult, but the pressure the pre- and the importance the pre- to nail it. Yeah, you can screw up and butcher a few songs, and you can play some songs that are out of left field and get away with it. Yeah, well, can... it's a bunch of kids. You know, yeah. it's not like someone who's gonna. You, you know, like you played too many songs that I told you to play, so I'm gonna cry about it on your website. You yeah, know, at, at school dances, the worst thing you gotta worry about is playing a vulgar song that pisses off the administration. That's the worst thing you gotta worry about. If you play a bunch of like pop and stuff that the kids really don't care for, right? And then they get away with yeah, it. Yeah, and they're they're mad at you, but you know, person who wrote the check is there's there's gonna be a brand new set of kids next year. Yeah. You might move up one age, but we've only done like two proms, and I didn't do them. Um, you know, I send the the guy who's better with the younger music. Yeah, it de- proms are something that it depends too on your area too. This is a little side topic, but just like if you went back to the area that I DJed proms and you tried to do it, they have a higher expectation just because they've had a good DJ before. Mm-hmm. Versus somewhere here, what I found is they have pretty low expectations because they've had pretty crappy DJs. Perfect. So <laughs> maybe I should get in I'm, the proms. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm trying to change. That's yeah. my mark. I'll right do now. it cheaper. Oh, I'll go. do it cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> that's my motto. But <laughs> back on topic, though, you have how many DJs now? All right, so I would be the ninth DJ of the company if. If I'm working, so eight plus me. And every single one of those was the first one you hired, and they were perfectly good. No bad ones in between. We we haven't had anyone actually make the cut and had to get rid of them. Yeah, so um, you have a screening process. Yeah, we have a huge screening like screening process. We you know we um we, first we decide they're a good fit like personality wise. Um, that's the hardest part. Finding someone who's personality wise, a good fit, uh, really wants the job. You know, if you don't, Mm -hmm. if you don't want to, if you're not stoked for, to have the job, you get a different job. You know, I only want people who are just like 10 out of 10 really want to be a DJ, you know, for me too. They actually value the job as something right, they want to do. Right. It's like beyond a uh something you can make money. It's like uh you have somewhat of a passion for it. You know, mm-hmm. you're excited about it. I want them to be excited. Yeah. Um anyways, but uh so once, you know, I've decided that um you know, you're the you're a good fit and you're going to be a good fit if we can do the next stuff, then okay. we'll start you on the training process. 
I have a training manual I wrote. Um, it's like how my company is expected to do a wedding. It's front to back. That's the one I've seen, right? I probably you showed, I have it you showed literally. me early, you showed it me early. You printed off a copy for me yeah, early on. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. you might have changed and, it a little bit, but uh, you know, we haven't re it. Whatever, either way, either you way. know, it's like a four or five page. Like this is how you do it, just so they can see it in words before they go yeah, and that's then, actually something i wrote recently mm -hmm. it's good to year. have it's it's really good yeah oh i mean it's just it doesn't leave it because i'm not training the djs anymore yes i trained the first five or six maybe mm -hmm. only only two two of my djs I didn't train. I mean, they came with me a couple times, uh -huh. but they had done events before. And, uh, you know, I just got really lucky that they were really awesome. Um, but that is not the typical case. And I actually don't risk that anymore. That was just early on. Um, and they still work for me today. They're great. But, um, but the manual is something that's very interesting with the manual, too, because even me, when I wrote mine, that kind of was basically just all it is is me writing down, this is what I do, A to Z, from the start of the day to the end of the day. And there was stuff in there where I was like, shit, I've actually forgot to do that a few times now. Right. It, see, you know, like, all right, so let's say I've got, you know, Henry training the new guy. Well, what if Henry uh, doesn't, at the beginning of the day, let's say I, I was like, oh, you know, I, you need to go touch base with all your vendors. What if Henry is just doesn't do that ever? You he know, just walks in, sets right. up, and, and then homeboy, to go. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, new person is going to be like, well, right here, the first thing I'm supposed to do after setting up is go talk to someone. You know, like mm -hmm. what, he'll see that, and he'll actually correct Henry is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. You know, and I talk to, you know, I keep up. You know, I'm like, Henry, what's, you know, and Henry would tell me, you know, maybe. But that's the idea is like a double double check kind of thing it's training and a double check in one right um but they do 30 like that um they go to 30 weddings yeah they go to 30 weddings before i'll cut them loose on their own um and after a at, at the 11th wedding you know tax stuff we pay them 50 bucks for a session you know a training session they don't make what the djs make obviously um, but uh but we pay them a little bit kind of thing so you can pay someone $550 before they can technically be on your payroll. And if you pay them $600, then you have to, uh, 1099, yeah. that person is a subcontractor, blah, blah, blah. So at 11 weddings, 11 times 50, 550, the next wedding, they're either on my payroll or they're not. So I've already made that decision at 11 weddings if they're going to be the next DJ. Um, and that's, you know, that's when people get cut or they, or they make it, you know, and we've definitely cut a, a couple people. Um, but, uh, so at that point, um, you know, we, well, they've already probably been on the microphone. We, I have the DJ, like it, let, read the crowd, see how low key the wedding is, you know, it's like, oh, all right, this so low-key all right well, we'll let you do some announcements you know what i mean because it just it's not gonna mess with the vibe it's gonna be yeah, successful so still that was gonna be my question in those 11 weddings those those are the most crucial ones for you in your training screening process what is like the in those 11 weddings what do you want to see them do first they have to try the the most important thing that you can see 
is if they're gonna try the work ethic. They don't right? the work ethic. Okay. If they if they want to do it, anyone can be a DJ. Anyone can do anything if you really want want to, to do it. Mm -hmm. um, you can tell if you jump the gun on the personality thing too, which is very important. You know, like if if you've got someone who's like silent like weirdly quiet kind of thing. Um, it's, it's probably not going to work, you know, like, Oh, your personality isn't cut out to be the life of the party. At that point, you've probably also stuck them on a microphone and had them do some mixing stuff also. Okay. So um, when, but you, slight, when, you say, only slight. when you say like stick them on the microphone, like you're obviously not doing grand introductions. Right. Obviously that's, that's right. later. Unless the they're dope. No, as for in grand introductions, uh, your, you know, whatever, uh, the introductions we've had people do the introductions before that 11 weddings happened. And it was awesome. Uh, one of the new guys, his name is, uh, well, his real name is Graham, but we already had a Graham, so we all call him Bradley. Um, okay. Whatever. He's the English guy. I now know, I now know this. You, you've met him. Yeah, he's I, the know, English I didn't one, know he was Bradley, The one with though. his British or whatever. Uh, yeah. But uh, he, I can't remember at what wedding, but either way, it was before the 11th wedding. I hadn't made the call yet, and he mm -hmm. just confident. He was he's like, very, let me, let me he's do very it. Very confident. He was person. like, let like, me do it. People, yeah. He was like, outgoing. Uh, he asked to do it. I, you know, I can't remember the exact wedding it was, but I clearly was like, ah, it'll be fine. You know, I had a backup mic just in case. You know, I have two mics. Um, yeah, that's that's one thing I was going to ask you in, in that situation. It's definitely one of those where you you judge it low key that the bride and groom will be okay with that. A worst case scenario, he fucks it up. I already knew if he did, they would be chill. Not that I want to do that. I'm going to step in and save, you know, judge me. I don't give, it is what it is. He did I was it, just though. more or less thinking from a standpoint of they're expecting this DJ MC host. And then they didn't give a shit. The grand entrance that gets flipped. It, I'm, it I'm assuming that's, like it's, that. it's normally you, but like there are brides like that. You're oh yeah. You're that's judging totally this. different. You're judging this off the get go that if the bride a, and groom are going to be cool with this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've, already deemed it's a low-key wedding bride and groom you know i may have well let's say i went to high school with him i don't even remember but you know what i mean just the situation changes um, and, and did you like tell them prior like when you were lining no, them up or anything like hey not. he's going to do the announcements no i made i always we always make them line up the people even if we're doing that oh so because that's so such an Bra important so part so bradley went through and lined him up yeah well okay. we we together okay, go yeah, do yeah. everything you know gotcha, so gotcha. he he was there for the lineup he's like organizing them double checking their names blah 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 and it was just the right situation you know whatever and he asked to do it so he did it and he killed it it was fine you know oh he may not have killed it but it was it was for a first time six ten weddings in whatever it was so, so that's definitely a good sign for those 11 weddings that they are oh yeah if they are able to do a if full a, grand introduction yeah if dude is about to is confident enough to stick me on the microphone for introductions you're gonna work out mm -hmm. you, even if you suck if you blew it you're still gonna work out because we can fix that we can't fix the lack of confidence yeah, well it takes a lot uh, you go you within well, reason when it comes to dj and mc hosts and in the weddings Jumping on the mic, I'm sure anyone listening can agree to, is the biggest thing in it, terms of confidence that it takes. It, Anybody can get behind the decks and just mix some music. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was DJing Getting on the mic's for, the hard. you know, what, like seven years before I got on a microphone. It was weird. I hated it. I actually made fun of people um, as a club DJ figures. You know, they were doing events on a microphone. Mm -hmm. 
but um whatever uh so that's so, so that's mc that, skills what about like djing like what else you got dude, personality a little bit of mic, mc skills what about mixing music the mixing music we have rules i have broken down djing a wedding into rules about how you choose a song kind of thing and if you follow these rules pretty much you're you're good you know what i mean i mean people if they're expecting dj craze you're screwed anyways you know what i mean we're not we're not that you know we are i'm not gonna say we're ipods but if you don't beat match people aren't gonna fucking cry about it you know what i mean that's kind of like the icing on the cake and we do beat match you know but um but you don't have to. Another thing about DJing at a wedding, you got to know when to beat match and when to volume fade. It is a skill to volume fade at a wedding. Um, and make it the, sound good. And make it sound good. Oh, yeah. Without it sounding like shit. Yes, of course. Um, is the right, the correct volume fade and when it's appropriate. You got to know when to, when to put down, I'm a DJ, you know? And you got to mm -hmm. know when to just, all right, just turn off this song, turn on the next. Um, you know, that's hard, that's hard for a lot. That's a hard pill, pill to swallow is someone who, with a club background. And that's a lot of the reason I don't like finding a DJ that was already a DJ, you know? Um, I think that's one of the biggest problems I had, at least with the last one was he was a full on club DJ. Like that is his full time job. And they're over here trying to scratch like a, a slow song out of whatever you know because they're like oh it's time for a slow song well yes it's time for a slow song but don't fucking scratch it what the fuck is that like no one wants to hear that my issue is more or less on the the effort part so being a club dj is kind of it's literally you walk in that night you have no idea what you're gonna do you just know you're gonna come in and play music and you just start mixing music right mm. weddings require a lot of pre-prep a lot of stuff you got to get organized you got to be in communication with yeah, the bride and groom 95 yeah, is preparation you know, and if you prepare enough you can't fuck it up. that was on top of the legal issues that was my biggest thing that i was trying to get out of this most recent person i had to get uh, rid of so yeah and see that's something that the ignoring those two guys who happen to work out but like i said it was new um, I probably wouldn't make that same decision. You know, if those two guys listen, you guys are great. It's not what I'm saying, but, um, mm -hmm. well, you know, they know my perspective on it though. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had this, you know, we, you know, um, my other DJs were not DJs. They were just cool people that I knew and I thought were cool people, you know? And you definitely hear, have you just a other guys out there in the industry, at least that I've heard at like conventions and stuff, a lot of them say that when they're like out and about, right, they go to the restaurant and there's like a really good over the top waiter. They'll give them a card and be like, you ever thought about entertainment? Right. Cause like they show a lot of effort, personality mm -hmm. and just work they're, They have good personality and they can morph them into a DJ if that's something they would want to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good idea. I've never done that, but yeah. that's fine. You know, that would be, that would be a good method. <laughs> you know, uh, usually I find new DJs through my DJs, you know, or just my, my general like Facebook network. I'll make a post and someone will show interest and I'll vet them for a second. Like, you know, I'll just, whatever. Facebook just, stock them real quick. See yeah. What they're about. Yeah. Ask my girlfriend what she thinks, you know, it's like an outside perspective on their personality. You know, that's, 
little side question on this. Do you run background checks? No. Okay. Yeah, no. I mean, apparently you should have, but no, I don't. Well, on my side, I kind of, well, he would have passed it by then. It, it, he got that later on. Uh-huh. He passed the background check before that. When you do schools, though, you have to do background checks. Yeah. Period. Well, oh, the D, they do one on the DJ? No, well, like no, it's it's just something I sign off on that I have ran a background check on all of my uh, employees and they all pass because okay. they're going into a school environment. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah, no, little we side don't. thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I we wouldn't run into anything. But, but you do a, you do a lot of personality that and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, whatever. We don't do schools anyways. But uh, but you know, like I said, not DJs prior, other than the two. Um, and both of those dudes are, you know, first, they're awesome DJs. They're, you know, personality through the roof. Um, and they're, they're good friends, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, so they've worked out really well, obviously. But, you know, like the other people, never been a DJ in their life, right? Um, depending on who it was, I gave them mixing lessons for anywhere from an hour to half of a day, which I'm calling three hours. And this is, and this is after or before the 11 weddings during, or during? Yeah, during. during whenever I think it's t- – whenever they ask because, you know uh, – if, the, if they show interest and they ask to learn basically. Yeah, I mean, and they if they don't and they're working out, I'm going to push them for that because yeah. it's time to start learning. Um, but that's honestly the – I don't know about the least important part, but it's the easiest teachable part. Um, and, you know, a lot of DJs are going to have a problem with me saying that, but it's the truth. You know, like some things about being a DJ, you just can't teach. People either got it or they don't. But music selection, I can write down some rules to music selection, give you the top 200 and then like a, the, the list of appropriate throwbacks and if you follow the rules, you'll nail it within reason. You yeah. know, you and might like, not like be. You, like you said, you're not going to be Jason Jana. You're not going to be some crazy, a turntablist at a wedding or anything like that. Yeah, you're not going to be gonna, DJ Craze, DJ Ragoza, whatever. You know, they're going to get the job Spinning done. behind their backs and wiki wiki, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, and you know, it's funny because that was actually something I wasn't even cool with. At first, I didn't have that opinion, but um, you know, I went to uh, one time I stepped in on a DJ. Um, I can't remember why I was there. He couldn't figure out some weird something with his mic. It was the the wedding was right up the street or something. So I stopped through. Probably um, those new mixers. I don't know. It doesn't even matter. But either way, so I was there. And I was ta- I happened to know the bartender at the wedding, so I stopped to talk, and I'm listening to the mix behind me, and it was fine. You know, it wasn't spectacular, but he he wasn't train wrecking. But I I would have done it differently and better. Mm-hmm. You know, as someone with just countless hours of practice yeah, under the belt, more right? Um, but uh, I. I see the reviews he gets. You know, I saw the review from that wedding, and the people were just so happy with him. You know, and that's what I care about is the client being happy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's not about me. Um, so for me to say, oh, he sucks at mixing, 
who, who cares? Like he, the thing is, the client thought it was awesome, and that is what matters. Um, yeah, and you and you can give him praise on that, and then if you if you want we'll to expand, if right, you want to expand, you can basically be like, one thing I think you can work on is maybe this little bit of skill right here. Like, right. Try and this. They get better. Period. Exactly. It's it's impossible for them to not get better. Um, well, any any DJ should be able to relate to that statement in terms of you were once a beginner and you sucked and you didn't know what song to pick and you eventually learned over time and experience, which is something anybody you hire is going to have to go through to right. get to your level. Right. And we're not, you know, I mean, it's and so the argument is like, oh, you're sending out noobs, you know, like novice DJs. And OK, I mean, they're new, but you know, how many how many weddings do some of these dudes do in a year? You know, maybe 10 in a, some, obviously some are doing a crap load, some full-time guys, you know, 52 weekends in a year. Um, but let's just say 10, 15. All right. Well, this dude just did three years worth of weddings at your rate. Not it, exactly yeah, a novice, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's doing it three back to back every weekend or two, you know, th two or three every weekend so it is drilled in that dude's brain by the time he goes he's good trust me no one you'd never know these dudes are solid by the time that 30th rolls around yeah just literally just think about well a wedding season when you go into that that low season your first wedding back is kind of like kind of rough the last like from 20 to 30 those last 10 they basically do the whole wedding themselves the the main dj is just there to play coach emergency in case yeah. you know but we pretty much it's like you got this you know maybe 25 to 30 but they've done at least five to ten weddings completely by themselves at that point without someone on deck to step in if, if need be um so that's the training and vet process yeah so just to recap that real quick first off is personality screening just a quick personality screening if they're going to be something then you would pursue Next is the first eleven weddings, and that's kind of like the that's the, the at eleven huge weddings I make the uh, yeah I make the decision if we're gonna hire you or not at yeah. eleven weddings. And for anyone on the legal side, you pay them fifty dollars per wedding. You can pay them up to five hundred fifty or before six hundred dollars. If you pay someone, and this is where we live in North Carolina, I don't technically know if this is in other states. I'm pretty sure this is a federal. It would make sense if it was, but. You can pay someone up to six hundred dollars without ten ninety nine ing them, and uh -huh. if I'm gonna ten ninety nine someone, they're on my payroll, you mm -hmm. know, because they're an employee at that point, Correct. and I'm going to not ten ninety nine them, but I'm going to take the taxes out myself and W two them. Mm -hmm. um, and, anyways, and so then, eleven weddings in, yes, and make eleven decision. weddings in, make the decision, and then thirty weddings before we go full time. Right, and we start actually booking them by themselves. Okay. Yeah. So kind of tangenting into that, um, we need to talk about the different types of DJ employees. You have contractors and you have full-time, well, not really full-time, but on staff. You have DJs employees. that are W-2'd and those are employees. Mm -hmm. Or you have subcontractors, which are 1099'd. They pay their own taxes. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a very, this is a very broad topic. It, it because there is no real 
true answer to what is better. It there's really no just right depends on your situation. There's no right and wrong for much of anything. <laughs> I'll say no, that. Honestly, I'm not yeah. saying my way is right or wrong, no matter what I say. Absolutely. But this is how I do it, and I have a very opinionated person. Yeah, um, just but I'm also open-minded. Yeah, um, I'm super open-minded too. But yeah, there's there's pros and cons of both directions. Um, so I definitely I started. So I, I have a lot of experience on the contractor side because, one, I worked for a company in Ohio that was all contractors. So I know that experience from an employee standpoint. And also when I first started, the first year of the company was under everyone was contractors. Mm-hmm. We have since switched over to your method of being employees. So um, I guess it really depends because a lot of it is psychological in terms of money. I know definitely Marcellus, when I was talking to him, it's it's big for him to switch because he's used to getting paid, say, $600, and now he's getting all his taxes taken out, and he's only getting paid this much, but I got to— Instead of saying X amount of dollars, let's talk in percentage of the total bill because some people are charging different rates, and it skews the perspective. Yeah. So does. just talk about percentage. Um, see, that's, that's new to me. But or in terms of, like, it, it for me, obviously— year and something right now just feeling out what are the rates what i've landed on now being in uh, and you might do i think you do it differently but um basically we have a 60 40 and it depends on if you're using my gear or if you have your own gear so if you have your own gear i'm going to give you 60 percent of whatever that is so mm-hmm. say they have their normal dj set up they'll get 60 percent for that amount that we're charging and then they also book uplights, and the uplights are all mine. Well, they're only going to get 40% of that. Yeah. So that's how I broke it down. When we were doing contractors, it was actually a 70-30 split. which was just across the board. They get 70% of it because with contractors, they have to have their own gear. With subcontractors, the DJ has to have their own gear. Correct. Right. Okay. I was yeah, yeah. like confused with, as to what with, you're a, with a subcontractor like I was doing prior. Right. The DJ had all their own gear and I basically had limited to what I could tell them to do. Right. And pretty much they got seventy percent of what I booked and I took the thirty percent cut for doing the booking process. Right. So basically pro and con or it depends on how you want to look at it, uh as for a percentage of the total bill, a subcontractor makes a higher percentage than a W-2 employee due due to the fact the subcontractors have to provide their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And technically you're not allowed to tell them how to work. Yeah, that's just hearsay Uh, rules right there. I mean, that's the law. Well, that is the law. But also who's going to tell you otherwise, you know, like, but technically, you know, whatever. And that definitely is a, it's more or less strict based on your state. Mm. I know definitely like um, up in Ohio or New Jersey from what I've been hearing too, they really don't care how much influence you have or they can give them direct orders like here's your shit, do this. And it when this is coming from the people that have been audited, they say that. I know talking from people here, especially like Joe Bunn, when he was audited, it was like, a fine line with you did not tell them what to do. They did their own thing. Yeah. So I, I know definitely just talking from people, well, North Carolina be, is pretty that's, big on there. That's, on that, that would be accurate for Joe Bunn too. You know, um, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he, he basically, no, I'm not saying anything about, but I'm just saying like in terms of States, 
how strongly they enforce that you can't tell them what to do really depends on the state. Uh, there's definitely states that are a lot more Whatever. lenient on that rule. Yeah, than I mean, okay, um, yeah, but uh, so. But anyways, with... that's a, that's another point too on multi ops with with a contractor. They have to have their own gear, and you can't tell them what to do. Yeah, legally. But all right, so you know, quality control. As a multi op, obviously, quality control is everything. As soon yeah. as you start getting that bad word on one of your DJs, that's. That's bad word on your whole company, and that's affecting the other every DJ you have's job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, bad word of mouth spreads quick. The reason people have jobs, obviously, is for the money. You know, loyalty. You know, enough money equals loyalty. I don't care who you are. Yes, you can enjoy the job until the day you die. In the end, if you're not making enough money, fuck that job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it's a hobby, and we're not doing this for a hobby. How do you pay someone? What is enough money to to have someone loyal? Because that is an issue with subcontracting. And some people nail this, but this is a huge issue with people who haven't... They, they get ahead of themselves. They, oh, I have too many leads. All I got to do is tell Joe Schmo to go DJ that wedding, take a cut, and then... I make more money. That's the extent of their thought. And I understand, but there are many issues with that. Um, let's say, oh, okay, so that that works once. Yes, I made 200 bucks, three, whatever the fuck you make. All right, so, oh, well, all right, so I have a crap load of extra leads. So I'm going to tell Joe Schmo he needs to go DJ these 10 dates this year. Okay, all right, so Joe Schmo's two thumbs up. Hell yeah, 10 gigs. What if Joe Schmo finds other gigs that pay him double? He's going to take them. And then you're on 10 contracts with no DJ, you know? Um, and what is, there's no reason for Joe Schmo to not do that, really. It's not even that messed up. You were the one taking half of his money, you know? And yeah, I mean, like, what, bro code, moral code, fuck that. You know, it, that that point right there is one of the hardest parts of being an owner of a multi-op to try and find new DJs. The ones that actually uh, like don't. Well, I guess they don't really understand the money or how it works um, until you explain it to them. But when they find out that you're taking a cut and they don't know why, because that's that's one of the big things. They're like, well, what what? That you you booked me for this wedding. Why yeah, what are you is the ta- reason? Why are you taking a cut of my money? I should. You're making forty thirty percent of my money. What the hell? Yeah, and I mean, and the thing, if you're only taking thirty percent, you're a good dude. A lot of people are taking a lot more than that. Oh, honestly. a lot of people are doing a forty sixty split the other way. Right. Yeah. Like the subcontractor providing all of their own gear Gets makes forty percent. Yeah. And you know, if that works, then that works. And the reason that can work, if the original bill is high enough 40 percent could be a lot of money it could be a thousand dollars that dude could be perfectly fine and if if you cannot go out on your own and book 30 events in a year at that 40 percent rate like equivalent dollar wise it's or even if yeah it's why not then because i can't you can't make more on your own anyways and the person doesn't have to find them Right, and then and you don't you also get it handed to you. You don't have to do all that work. You know, um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you it know, is. Um, but you know, so, but there's 
there's the sketchy part, you know. A lot of these DJs, like I said, so let's put myself, I'm back to that guy that just one time made 300 bucks off a DJ and the, the light bulb went off, you know. And he's I can do this, multi-op. Right, exactly. They're, oh, multi-op, multi-op. Um, okay, well, you can't keep that DJ loyal. Loyal, happy. Because you, you know, let's say you know, all of a sudden it crosses your mind. Oh, well I can, you know, I'll just charge a hundred less dollars or however many, a little less so I can book everyone. Okay. Well now you can provide the new DJ with 10 gigs a year. A DJ can get 10 gigs in a year, you know, for the give or take your, your person, he can get 10 gigs a year. You're taking, let's say you're taking 40% off the top. Let's just say, Let's say the gig is a thousand dollars. You charge a thousand bucks just because I suck at math, so I'm going to try and quick this out. Um, I'm sure everyone else would love that. Right, a thousand bucks per gig, ten gigs. Uh, that's a total of ten thousand uh, dollars revenue. You, as the person that handled it, took four thousand of those dollars. So then the DJ then makes six thousand dollars. That's all the num- That's all he sees. He sees you made four, I made six, and I did everything. Um, you know, for let's say, let's say Joe Bunn, let's just use Joe. Um, okay. We're buddies with Joe, and I'm not shitting. Obviously, I'm not shitting on. Joe. All right, let's shit on Joe. Ridiculous. Everyone tell him. Right. Uh, everyone go tell him that we're shitting on him. So if he watches you shit episode. on Joe Bunn, you need to reevaluate <laughs> your shit. <laughs> yeah, but you anyways, definitely do first off. But um, hey, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I reevaluated my shit, right? All right, anyways, anyways. Supposedly. But so let's say this exact scenario is over it in, in Joe Bunn. Joe Bunn has an entire brand that when you work for Joe Bunn, you are with Joe DJ uh, Bun DJ Bun Company. Co. Yes, Bun you are Bun DJ Company. You know how many fucking vendor lists they're on? You know how much fucking promo videos and how much... Uh, clout they have you know what I mean there's it comes with it's like so what is Joe Schmo the the previous DJ owner it's like what are you doing for this DJ other than taking his money yeah you gave him 10 gigs that he could have gotten himself um but what are you doing what are you providing for him Joe Bunn is providing a work monstrous brand and work and he keeps them busy as well that's that's the biggest thing for the for and, the employee, right. the contractor, and work, and there's a high enough ticket, you know, a, a high enough entire bill to whatever percentage he pays his DJs, they're loyal because it's enough money. It all it comes all down boils to, money. to down. It all boils down to is it enough money? Yeah. Does the amount of work I have to do equal the value in terms of what I'm getting? That's everything in life, pretty much. Right. Well, I mean, and also back to the personality trait of a DJ. If you're a greedy fucking slime ball, you probably aren't going to work out because of the split, you know? Like, you can't you have can, someone greedy. You can't, you can't get past the fact that he's making money yeah, off an event and, I'm doing. Yeah, and if you're not going to see the value in giving someone a small cut for work, then you're not going to work out anyways. And, I, you know, and that may, might be correct for you. It might not. But, like I said, there's no right or wrong, but that is the case with a multi-op. Um, you know, like with us, the DJs don't have to provide anything, Mm -hmm. you know, I will, if they, the only thing they pretty much have 
is their own laptop, and that's because they want to use their own laptop. I will happily buy you a laptop, and you can use it if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but most of them assist on their own. But that's another story. Um, but other than that, we all use QSCK twelve point twos. Period. Quality control, right there quality control we all use identical facades we actually have a facade that is much nicer excuse me we have one american dj facade and it's the big one mm-hmm. the one you've seen probably it's the adj event facade right it's all white one it's got the white yep, metal that and everything one. i now, got it downstairs the reason we don't use that one is because not everyone has one and it's not like we're trying to degrade, but we use this facade. We don't use that facade. Yeah, and I think probably one of the best examples you ever told me was, um, I, I think he's found it, Freddie, was using up lights underneath his facade, and you told him X, X nay the lights underneath the facade because he was looking different than everyone else. Right. We have he a was brand, looking a little bit higher up. Right. We, you know, he, I was like, dude, I realize it looks good, but no one else is doing that and i don't want them to look worse than you um and that is the problem with that yeah quality and expectations you don't want a a future couple to go to that that wedding where they saw the lights underneath the facade and it looked a little bit better right and then their wedding comes up and there's a facade there with no lights under yep and you know that's a tiny detail that's a tiny detail but it matters in in the grand scheme of a (laughs) multi-op if if you're going by Bun DJ Company, if you're going by Daok Events, if you're going by Fusion Sound and Lighting, there is it's a brand. There's a brand, there's they're, a reputation. They're not expecting uh you know they're not expecting uh Graham Bloss Graham, whatever, I won't throw his last name, but they're not expecting Cameron, they're not expecting Freddie, they're expecting Daok Events. Exactly. They're expecting that brand experience, yeah. that brand quality, that brand reputation. That's right. what. That's why they went with that brand to start with. Right. You know, and yeah, I mean, it's so quality control is a little easier. And, you know, Joe Bunn, he subcontracts and he nails it. He does a great job. It's, per, you know, he is he's an able awesome to, He's company. able to nail his quality control even in that grand scheme. Of right. Things. Yeah. And, you know, pro- hats off to him. It's just easier for me. Because I I'm newer and for whatever reason, to to do W two employees and also I am able to charge less and uh, because there's no investment from my DJs, um, pay them a bigger percent of that total bill. You know what I mean? Um, and then the money is right. It boils down to the money is right. Let's say they don't have to invest ten thousand dollars into a, a five ten thousand dollars into a rig. Right, just to go out and make, uh, yeah, a couple hundred bucks. Couple it hundred doesn't, bucks. It, yeah, it. But they can just jump into it and start making a couple hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like you got you filled out a job application and there's work involved, but it's a fun job, you know. And like I said, it's not for everyone. That's why but it's so it's hard also, to hire people. Yeah, and that that also provides peace of mind on the exit too. Right. So that if if they are, say it's like a college someone fresh out of college or whatever, they haven't started a family or anything like that. Um, if they join your company, they have the peace of mind of knowing that if they decide to get married, they decide to have kids and they want to push this off and pursue something else. There's no real pressure to get out of it other than fulfilling the events they have booked. Right. Well, even that we've well, even, even that you've up. got rid of. So yeah, we've switched that up. Um, I ask them 
like it's kind of this is like a a bro code kind of thing um well we're all friends yeah, yeah. the thing is, is with the multi op once you get so big you know you got to be somewhat friends um but and we're all pretty good friends but um i ask them if they do want to leave just warn us you know and then give us you know two months three months something like as long as they can so we can find someone else you know and worst case I'll do I'll take all the weddings so there's always someone but you know this so quality control everyone uses the same rig you know you did the YouTube video on my house um, it sucked because we had like a couple weddings that day so you couldn't see how it was literally unison like rig one rig two and it's identical I actually complain when they put stuff back in the differently wrong. yeah yeah i know even though it's that. in their cubby or whatever you if call the speaker it speaker is on top of this versus the speakers on top of this right i hate that because RCD. i need a quick reference that everything is there well yeah it's just that way i can tell and also through the week sometimes we'll go through people's bags just double check they have batteries stuff like that you know and i need quick access and i hate research you know, research to find gear. We run into that issue the most with photo booths because our photo booth employees are less trained than the DJs, you know, because you can train a photo booth employee in two days versus, you know, what I just explained. Mm -hmm. And and in that video, it, re it really brings up a lot of big differences with your logic of your company versus my logic of my company. Right. Yeah. You have this whole brand unison. This is pretty much all we do versus I have a very customizable, I would say. That's like the word I throw around all the time is that we we do a lot of customization. Uh, there's different DJ booth options you can get. We can do furniture booths. We can do regular booths. If you want to do ceiling washes and string lighting and stuff like that and production stuff to get very custom, that's sort of our branded image is known for – creating more of an experience in terms of the lighting and the overall just customizing everything from A to Z versus, and this just comes into play on different multi-ops and stuff like that. Um, you would say yours is probably more streamlined. This is the experience. This is what you get. Um, simple. Well, it's, you know, the thing is, is it's the given meat and potatoes. If, yeah. Well, if I, said. so all, all eight of my DJs, I don't have to, make sure they drive a minivan i don't have to That's make sure they yeah. drive you know they one of them drives a jetta and can fit our entire setup plus a human a, a second person in the jetta mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so it opens a you know, that way i can look at 90 90 percent of the population as a possible candidate to be an employee of my company versus you who that you gotta that have percentage, right the there's a lot more uh criteria they got to meet for them to to fit yeah and there's it's definitely um it it's just to go the ways of it basically your guys very simple very organized my guys are more i'm looking for very high caliber mm -hmm. in terms of guys like if you had a guy on your company that's been there for five years now and he's killing it like he he's starting to implement mixing tricks and stuff like that. That's the kind of guy that I'm trying to get on my caliber. So my they training caught me off guard at that wedding show when was it Marcellus? Yeah. All right. Sorry, that's the dude's name in Pulp Fiction, so it throws me off. I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Anyways, um, but uh, 
it caught me off guard when he started scratching and was actually dope. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> there, oh. there's like a complete <laughs> with me and him. It's really, it's really neat to think about it. And he doesn't mind me saying this, but like my path in DJing was buying stuff that made money. Uh-huh. So I bought the best speakers first. I bought those before I had like a decent controller because I knew mixing wasn't the most important thing with weddings right. technically at that time. You started out as an event guy. I started out as an event guy. It makes he sense. started out as a I want to be the next Red Bull freestyle. Right, and it shows. And you that's know. why he's got some pretty dope cuts and stuff. And, yeah. Um, and uh, when you see him implement those at weddings, it's pretty. It's kind of. Like, it's the icing damn. on the cake. It's the, I, yeah, it exactly. Is, it's sick i mean it is cool you know um but to each their own on that opinion you know but the scratching like i said you know my story about going talking to the bartender my dude was djing and i i won't say it sucked but for being blunt it sucked and then the bride dj perspective from a mix, it wasn't that from great. A, someone who is sick at mixing i was like i would have done that so much better like watching these facebook live <laughs> right well, but anyway another story but like i said the bride was like that was fucking awesome you know what i mean and that's what matters now homeboy marcellus he's sick it mix it, it's scratching and whatnot and someone you know People appreciate that. I'm not saying they're just complete disregard for it. It's just not always. It's not all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. Now I do have I do have a question on that tangent. Question on that for you. If you get to the point where you have a DJ that gets to like somewhere like Marcellus is at, or someone to your level where they're clearly better, uh-huh. is that going to impact your company? Well, the thing is, is I would say this to any DJ, if they felt like they've outgrown us, quit. Give us three months. Be a bro. Move on. We, I've been good to you. Be good to me in reverse and move on. You know, we're not here to hold people back. You know, if it doesn't work out, then it's a mutual decision. I don't, it's not working out for us either if you're too good, you know. Um, but one thing I won't do is be fucking strong armed by a DJ. Um, uh, you know, people subcontracting their well, DJs. I was, I was more or less thinking about getting strong armed by clients in terms of, in terms of you have this one DJ that's really good and ever, and anyone that sees him wants him and anybody that hears about him wants him versus well, that, your other guys. that is, that is the case. Um, you know, but I, the I would thing assume is it would be. we get. Obviously, we get positive review, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the thing is, it happens even in the I'll, I'll just use my my friend that is the one I said wasn't good at mixing mm-hmm. that for that instance. Um, he is personally requested a lot. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's just I would have chosen Freddie. I would have chosen Graham. It, it's experience. But I'm just saying it's because a, bra- a, a client, a future client was at that was wedding. That, yeah. That's the only difference, really. And we tell people, you know, if they're going to be like, oh, we're not going to book you unless we get that DJ. Honestly, we book so many fucking weddings. Fuck you anyways. You know, with, in, in, unless they're about to just buy everything we have. And then I'll be like, okay. But the thing about how we work, because we're so streamlined, um, we – you have to within, – within reason – 
we need our clients to work how we work. We can't mold for them completely, you know, and it's customizable to a certain extent. It doesn't, it's not like, oh, we're playing our own fucking music. We're playing blah, blah, blah. It's not like that. But, you know, it's like, oh, well, we need you to come to the rehearsal dinner and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, that's not going to work for us. You know what I mean? And if you're Mm going to insist on that, then you can go hire fusion sound and lighting because they're awesome too. But we don't do that. We don't, that's not how we work, you know, and we're no shortage of gigs. And that's a, not everyone can do that. We're lucky in the fact that we can do that. Yeah. And, Again, it's just that comes down to a client looking for the right DJ for them because at least in our area, there's plenty of options out there for you to look at. You should look at all the different options. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of DJs watching this right now or watching this, listening to this, a lot of DJs. So DJs, DJs, DJs watching DJs and DJs watch. Anyways, I kind of wanted to ask the question to end it here of if you're a DJ and you're considering either starting a multi-op, working for your own, or working for a multi-op. What are kind of some of the pros and cons that a DJ would want to consider for all three of those options? Uh, I guess the first one is if you don't like working for someone, you shouldn't work for someone. That You definitely wouldn't be a good fit to actually work for a multi-op, although it is a good experience to go through too. At the same time, though, some people just fucking suck to work for. Some people don't. You know, I mean, I'd like to think that people like working for me because I'm a bro and I look out. You know, I don't do things that are not in the employee's best interest. It's just it's if it's not in their best interest, it's definitely not in my best interest because they are my bloodline. All right, generalize this. But you get what I'm saying. I know. I know. Almost like a. I know what you're saying, but I'm trying to generalize here in terms of if you're look, if you're like a beginner DJ and you're considering what route you want to go, where have you been in this a little bit a ways, and you're a single op and you're considering going multi op, what are some of the things that we should be looking out for? Like, what would I be if when I was a single op DJ? Some of the things that struck out to me in terms of wanting to start a multi-op is because I wanted to have a brand. I wanted to own a company. It was just in my nature. I like being an entrepreneur. I like having a company. I like the whole business aspect of it. So I guess one thing, if you're looking to possibly do a multi-op, having a business mindset is huge. Because instead of just the mindset of I have extra leads, I could possibly make more money. But there are plenty of dudes that own companies that are established that are not multi-ops. A multi-op doesn't mean company. You know, I mean, yes, multi-ops are companies. Yeah, I'm I'm just... But it's a different... As a a multi-op owner, it's a different skill set. And let's say someone is blindly diving in. And what is that? That's what I'm saying. It's the difference between uh, you... You, you you trust yourself for quality control. You know, you, you're you trying to charge. You hold yourself accountable. Yeah, you can you only have to hold yourself accountable. You're basically, you know, uh, you, you aren't responsible for other people's actions. You're not a manager. Like, the, uh, at the top of a multi-op, you're a manager. It's a totally different, 
you know, oh, it's a it's a combo of skill sets, but it's different. You, you know, gotta be, you gotta be able to work with people. You gotta be able to delegate. You gotta be able to trust. Delegate, people. trust, create systems it, and planning. Well, I guess you can do that in individual too, but yeah, but you need to be a little bit better at that for a multi op. I'm just saying, you know, you know, being a manager is a a total is a it's a different skill set than just being a sick DJ. It's liter it's literally nothing in the same wheelhouse in any way, you know. Um, running an operation, putting systems in place that you can figure out work across the board, uh, you know, quality control for 10 other people. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts like we just talked about. And, um, and that's all, that's what's going to come with basically owning a multi-op versus being yourself or working for a multi-op. Right. I would say if you want to be a DJ, and you just want to focus on DJing and you don't really care too much about the numbers and the selling and stuff like that, working for a multi-op is the best route you could possibly go. Yeah, it's easier. All you do... You get gigs handed to you and you complete the gigs and you collect a paycheck. At the hardest part to it, they're going to hand you a lead that they've already pre-qualified for the most part and say, hey, tell them about yourself which you should be able to do off the top of your head. Yeah, I mean, they may kind of coach you through some kind of, this is how we do these consults. Yeah, they're not going to lead you in blind, like, here's a lead, take it. Yeah. They're going to, I mean, they might, but right, yeah, they we, could, don't, we I don't, don't know how every multi-op works <laughs> right. out there. But If you have one of those multi-ops, give a, yeah, have it, them watch this. A good route <laughs> to build your credibility and to build a solo op DJ business for yourself, get on with a local multi-op. You know, get, you know, 10 to 50, however many gigs you can get, how many weddings you can get, proms, whatever, that they'll give you in a year and do them. You know, it might be a slightly lower rate, but they're doing all of the work. Trust me, it's a lot of time invested. And, and money, marketing. If, they're, if you're making enough money to where it's fun and worth it money-wise, then do it for a while. After a couple years of that, you've done so many events, you'll probably know a thing or two and be able to do it on your own. And you've built some connections at that point as well. And also, and when you do make that move, make sure you do it on good terms. You don't well, want to be don't the backstabbing. No one wants – if, if you're going to be a piece of shit, don't be a piece of shit. That's just like – you don't step on toes. Don't be a prick. But also, if the people are going to prevent you from furthering yourself, yeah, then you're not the piece of shit they are. That's definitely something going into the multi-op, knowing the characteristics of that owner of that multi-op. Because I know there's multi-op owners out there that – if you leave regardless of how you leave with them, you're a debt to them. How dare you leave my company? Right. Even but, if you are like surpassing and going on to do better things, they don't care. There's a difference. If I am a DJ that works for multi-op and I know I'm going to leave and I go around to the venue owners and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm leaving this DJ company. You should just hit me up. I'll, you know, do it for X amount of dollars instead. Some kind of conniving. That is not okay that is stepping on toes but if you're if you just make your exit and then obviously people have people know about you like a wedding planner will hit you up down the road because you did a good job at joe schmo's wedding that's that's just you know what i mean you're not a piece of shit for taking that gig and that multi-op owner does not own you you no. know if they you make your own... exit and then you make those connections afterwards and reach out to them and be like hey i decided to go off on my own 
I'm doing my own thing. You, that's that's cool. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, that multi-op owner does not deserve a cut of that future gig. You've made your, you know, you've put and in you've made time him with plenty them of and, money over the yeah, years. Yeah, he's made his money off of you, and it's fine. And it should be that's just the way of a DJ. You slowly yeah, yeah. build your reputation. But if you're the dude that went behind people's backs and offered, you know, this and that, and tried to sweep, you know, swipe their plugs. You know, fuck you. You deserve to get blacklisted. And mm-hmm. you probably will get blacklisted because it's a small, small, tight-knit community. The, the, the wedding vendors and the just the event industry in general, no matter how big your city is, it's pretty tight-knit. Yeah. It's, it's pretty tight-knit. So wrapping that portion up, if you are a beginner and you want to get your skill set up, join on a multi-op. And that might lead you down the route of knowing what you want to do personally. If you want to stay on with that multi-op, if you want to move on to do an individual, or you want to move on and start your own multi-op, um, just do it on good terms. Don't be a conniving, backstabbing piece of shit. I'm stabbing. Don't Next be a backstabber. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, All right. um, starting at a multi-op is a good is a good uh, mul- step to becoming a full-time. So we talked about a lot today, though. But yeah, we talked about hiring. New DJs, we talked about running a multi-op, we talked about being in a multi-op, we talked about if you're looking to join a multi-op, we talked about don't being a backstab or not being a backstab. Yeah, how to not be a piece of shit as um, someone who works for a multi-op. We gave personal <laughs> advice and talked about life and yeah. Anyways, I think that's it. Yes. All right. Uh so Moving forward, hit us on Instagram. Let us know in the comment section down below what you want to hear about because we're taking comments for the next – the next episodes are based on what you guys want to hear. Right. So whatever you guys want to hear, leave it down in the comment section down below. Hit subscribe. that like button. Subscribe so we can hit 100 subscribers so that way we can get a custom URL, and then we'll move on from there. But cool. we would love for you to subscribe, like, all that. Instagram. Instagram is – uh, Eric underscore Massingale for me. And it's DJ Rick Webb over here. But um, that's pretty much it. All right, cool. Hit, hit him up for that outro. Until next time.